Good morning. You know, when there's something that's bothering us or something we don't want to deal with, usually we bury it, right? We want to get rid of it, so we bury it. So if you've ever watched those mafia movies, right, someone's bothering the mob, they go swimming with the fishes, right? You, you bury the problem. Uh, but even on a more personal level, a, a lot of times something's bothering us and we bury it. So if you're in a relationship, you know if you ask someone, you know, uh, how are you doing? And they say, I'm fine. Well, I'm fine might mean I actually something's bothering me, but I'm burying it deep down inside because I don't really want to deal with it right now, right? You've experienced that. But certain things won't stay buried. And on Easter, we celebrate the fact that Jesus would not stay buried. And that is such good news because there's many things in our life that need his life, his power to be brought to bear on them. But so many times we bury Jesus. That's what we're going to talk about today. And the good news is that Jesus is so powerful. He's more powerful than death. He's more powerful than us that he will not stay buried. Death could not hold the Son of God. But that didn't stop his enemies for trying, right? 2,000 years ago, uh, Jesus, he was upsetting the, those in power. He was upsetting the status quo. So they killed Jesus, and they buried him in a tomb. And likewise, there, there are some here today, some watching online that, you know, you've, you've been burying Jesus you know that if he is who he says he is, that would change everything. That would totally unsettle your life. But yet, other concerns, other things you've, you've placed upon Jesus, trying to bury him. But you know, Jesus didn't stay buried 2,000 years ago, and he's not going to stay buried today. He lives. And that's, and, and so for some, that's, that, that might seem like bad news, like, oh, well, because I haven't, um, you know, I haven't trusted in him, and, and so he lives, and he's going to come again. And, but the good news is that no matter how much we've tried to bury him, no matter how we've tried to cover him up, because he lives, his promises live too. His promises. So, so no matter what you've done, no matter how you've buried him, his promises are still alive because he's still alive. And therefore, you can step into the life that God is calling you to today. But let's go back 2,000 years. So Jesus, he was preaching that the kingdom of God was at hand. And what that meant was that God's life, his forgiveness, his restoration, all of that was now available and was spreading throughout the, the earth in the person and work of Jesus. So people should repent and follow him and receive all that life that he has. And many of the riffraff, tax collectors and sinners who knew they needed new life, they were flocking to Jesus because they were like, wait, God would allow me to be in his kingdom? He would allow me, he would, wants to give me that forgiveness, me, his Holy Spirit, his presence, that power? Yeah, sign me up. And they were flocking to Jesus. But then there were many who, they were already upstanding citizens. They were already spiritual. They had a good life. 
They were offended by Jesus. They felt threatened by Jesus. After all, if he was truly the Messiah, if he was truly the Savior come into the world, then they knew that what that meant. That meant they would, that would change everything. That their lives would, would have to be, would serve him because he's worth it all. There's none higher. They knew what that meant, and they didn't want it to be true. And so they decided, you know what? We're going to do what we always do to those who claim to be a, a savior or anything, because there were other people who claimed to be the Messiah, both before and after Jesus. I don't know if you know that, but there was those who would come and claim, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one that God sent. And you know how they would take care of that problem? They'd bury it. They'd kill him. They'd kill him and, and bury him, and that would take care of it. Because then all of his followers would say, oh, well, I, I, guess, I guess we were wrong. And their hopes and their dreams were buried with him. Right? Easy peasy, lemon squeezy, right? If you have a problem, you just, you just kill him off. And then you bury it. But Jesus, he wouldn't stay buried. You know, the books of the Bible known as the Gospels, tell us about Jesus rising from the dead on Sunday morning. So a few of the women who followed Jesus, they went to the tomb that morning and they saw that it was empty. And then shortly after, they met the risen Jesus. And so they run and they go tell the apostles and they say, we've seen the risen Lord. And at first, a lot of them don't believe that Jesus really rose from the dead. But then they met him himself and they put their fingers in his hands and they understood that, wait a minute, everything that I thought about Jesus, like that's, it's true, but even more so because he wouldn't stay buried. Of course, they had doubts at first when, when Jesus on the, was on the cross, and they're like, oh no, is this happening? Is this where, where they just bury the one who claims to be Messiah, and then it's all over? No. Because he lived, they knew that, no, he is the Savior. He has the power over sin, over death, and he is bringing in God's kingdom, his presence, his power, the kingdom of forgiveness and redemption, even more so because he was more powerful than death. Death couldn't hold him. And so then they go and start telling people, start telling people that he lives, that this Jesus he, yes, he was killed, but he rose from the dead so that he can bring new life. His promises are still alive. And the, one of the first examples that we have of that um, is the apostle Peter, uh, 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead, called Pentecost Sunday. We'll deal with this on Pentecost Sunday as well um, in June, first weekend of June. Um, Peter, he's filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And, and let me read what, what he says. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. He says, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. I'm going to stop there. Right now, like, they're like, yeah, okay, we know Jesus. He was, yeah, he did miracles, and he was around here. And yeah, Pontius Pilate killed him. And in fact, pretty much every person, uh, every skeptic even agrees on that much. But then there's the big reveal. 
right? But no, God, verse, verse 24, God raised him. God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. He's saying Jesus wouldn't stay buried. I'm here telling you, Jesus would not stay buried. And here in, this, in the following verses, Peter explains, yeah, you tried to get rid of Jesus. You conspired with the Romans to crucify him. But God was in control, and he was actually using his death to be an atoning sacrifice so that our sins, he would be the, the, the sacrificial lamb for our sins. But just to show that the sins couldn't keep him down, death couldn't keep him down, he rose up in victory over those things. He wouldn't stay buried. He couldn't stay buried because he's more powerful than even death. That was Peter's message. In verse 36, he says, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. Now, that's not a good look, right? So God, God sends his, his son to humanity to fulfill his promises, to take away their sin, to bring forgiveness, and humanity kills him. Can we all agree that's bad, right? That's not a good thing when God sends the Savior and we crucify him. Or even if you just ignore it. So let's say you didn't really actively take part in that crucifixion, but God sends his son to save the world, and yeah, not a big deal to you. You kind of ignore it. You don't care about it. That's still not a good look. Well, the crowd, they, they understood this too. Wait, this is not good. So in verse 37, it says, Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? That's a good question, right? Wait a minute. Jesus, he didn't stay buried? What should we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. So the crowd, they realize, wait, we've killed him. We've killed the one that God sent. We buried him. But, but since he wouldn't stay buried, we've made a huge mistake, right? We have made a really bad mistake. What can we do? And Peter says, don't, don't despair. Because the amazing thing about God's grace is that he, because Jesus lives, his promises still live. You're not more powerful than Jesus. Your sins are not more powerful than Jesus. Death is not more powerful than Jesus. And because he lives, his promises are still available. So even to those who crucified Jesus, Peter says, just follow him. His promises are alive. You can take him up on those promises. So trust in that promise. And God, in his grace, he will amazingly give you that promise. Your past mistakes don't have to be your future because God is gracious and he wants to give you life. He wants to give you the abundant eternal life. That's why he sent Jesus, to secure that for us. And so even when we turn our back on him, even when we try to bury him, Jesus is more powerful. And that promise, it carries into today as well. It wasn't just for those people way back then. Turn to Jesus and you will receive God's forgiveness. 
His spirit, the eternal life, the closeness to God. And it doesn't matter if you've ignored him. If, if you're here today just out of like, all right, well, it's tradition. I don't really want to be here. And, and, and you're feeling like, wow, I've ignored Jesus. Is it too late? No. The promises are still alive. It doesn't matter if you've conspired to get rid of him. Yeah, I don't want Jesus in my family or whatever like that. You can turn to him now and receive the life of Jesus, the, the life, that new life that he rose from the dead to bring to you. Because Jesus, he will not stay buried. He will not stay buried. And this is good news because some of you have been burying Jesus. You've been burying him in your life. Maybe even you believed at one time that, that you believed that Jesus was the Son of God, but you have been burying him under other concerns, uh, a, a career, other things, hobbies. You've kind of buried him. But the good news is that Jesus, he's not going to stay buried. No matter what you try to do, he will not stay buried because he is coming again. He lives, and he lives to bring redemption and that full restoration one day at the end of time. But he also, he lives today, and he won't stay buried in your life, especially if you truly have believed. If you've truly believed, Jesus won't stay dead he, in your heart. He will come alive. I, I say this because I know it from experience. Go back with me, if you will, to 1995. 1995, I guess I looked sort of the same. My forehead was smaller and had less wrinkles. That was probably the biggest difference. But in 1995, if you had asked me, you know, do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? I would have said, yeah, I, I believe he's the Son of God. But I wasn't living in the fullness of Christ's life. I have, in fact, I had been baptized, but I, would, I had buried Jesus I had buried him under other concerns, other things. Mostly, as a 20-year-old, I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I've got some career dreams. And Jesus, I, I don't know how he fits in that, so I'll just bury him. I'll, I'll bury those concerns. But Jesus, he would not stay buried. He would not stay buried in my life. And, you know, some people, yes, it takes them to get to rock bottom before they're like, oh, I need that new life. I need that J Jesus kind of life. That was actually not my story. My story was that my plan was going pretty well, that, that I was seeking to, um, to uh, go into international law. And so I was in college. I had been in the Army. I was in college. I was getting a 4.0 GPA. And so like, all my plan was coming together. I had a top-secret security clearance in the military. I was, uh, had friends in the NSA, and they were going to pull me in there. And so everything was going right according to plan, but it wasn't God's plan. And Jesus wouldn't stay buried. He wouldn't stay buried. He kept manifesting himself, making himself known. So, for instance, I was taking one, you know, one of those gen ed classes in poetry that everyone has to take so the, so the college can get more money from you. And, um, and in that poetry class, I don't remember how, but I remember writing a poem and basing it off the biblical book of Ecclesiastes. And one of the refrains of Ecclesiastes is, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. And, and in that, I felt God, I felt Jesus saying, you know, if all of your, your deepest dreams come true and you become like some international advisor to, to Ted Kennedy, right, just don't get in the car with him. But if you become, <laughs> if you become, you know, an advisor to him, like, so what? 
Like, it, it's only a drop in the bucket. It, you, you will still have missed out on the fullness of life that I have, I have for you. And then I met my wife, and, and, and she was a believer too, and, and so that was, that was causing some things. And then finally, one day I was walking along, and someone just happened, just happened to invite me to a Bible study. And then as I looked at the Bible, Jesus just leapt off the pages, and I knew that he was the one. He would not stay buried in my heart. He came alive in my life, and he's been making himself known ever since. And that's, he won't stay buried in your heart either. If Jesus is alive in you, he won't stay buried. No matter how long you've buried him, no matter what you've buried him under, even now, maybe you're hearing this message and you know, you know he's alive. You know it's true. And God brought you here or you're tuning in online because he's not staying buried in your life. He's making himself known. Stop burying him and embrace him. Embrace the life that he has for you because you're missing out. You're missing out on what God has for you. And I know some of you don't believe me. You're like, no, no, no. I, like, my life is going well. I have what I want. But Jesus has so much more. He has so much more. Think about it this way. Let's say Elon Musk, right? Owner of Tesla. Maybe he's buying Twitter. I don't know. He's a rich guy doing space stuff. He comes to your house and says, you know what? I, I know this is a surprise, but I want you to be a part of my family. I want you to inherit some of the business. I want you to, I want you, to uh, you know, be a part of my life. I mean, most of us would be like, whoa, okay. I mean, I don't meet many billionaires who've gone to, you know, go to space and all of this stuff. Well, Elon Musk, he's no one compared to Christ. He has nothing, nothing that will last and yet, Christ comes from the grave and says, I want to give you life to the full. I want to give you abundance. And we don't believe him, so we bury him. But whether Jesus was in you before and you know he's not going to stay buried or you've never trusted in Jesus... Let him come alive in your heart today because he's going to return. He will return and all the world will see, oh, Jesus, he really lives. And, and everyone will gather before Jesus' throne because he wouldn't stay buried. And some will be full of remorse and maybe some of you here today, you will be full of remorse because you're going to look back and you're going to say, wait, God had a life planned for me so much more than I thought, and I missed it. And then you will look and say, God had a life planned for me with him forever, and I missed it. But God doesn't want you to miss it. That's why you're here. Jesus 
the grave could not hold him so that he could not just keep, um, keep himself in that newness of life, but he wants to keep you in that newness of life. He wanted to bring you life. And this is not just a, well, life after death thing. All right? It's, it's life in life. Yes, it does have to do with eternal life, and eternal life goes on forever. That's the kind of life Jesus wants to give. But do not be mistaken, it's also life in life now. That the promises of Jesus is for, are for now as well. The life that he has for you, it's not just life be, oh, uh, then in the future, it's life now. That's why in Romans 8.11... This is what he says. He says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. Did you see that? It's not, he'll give life to you in the by and by and, you know, in heaven. No, he will give life to your mortal body now. His power, his promises, his life through the spirit, it's for now. So that maybe you're here and you've buried any hope of getting better, whatever it's from, any hope of, of healing, of making progress, any hope of loving more, of, of being the person you were meant to be. You don't just have your own strength. You don't just have your own power. You don't just have your own abilities. You have the living Jesus in the person of the Holy Spirit giving you a power beyond yourself, a love beyond yourself. Will you grab a hold of that today? The same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead will give life to you so that the things of God will not be just, oh, that's for the, you know, heaven. No, we're talking about now so that you will have life upon life upon life that does extend into eternity. And it's all because Jesus wouldn't stay buried. He would not stay buried. His victory is not just victory over death. It's victory for life, for your life. So today, instead of burying Jesus, embrace him. Usher him in as the Lord that he is. Yeah, we make a big deal out of Easter because Easter means the, death, the grave could not hold him that he has life and has it abundantly, not just for himself because he rose from the grave, but for you as you are here today. And so is there, you know, we all have a stone. If you've, if you've trusted in Jesus, if you're like, yes, he is alive, I've trusted in him, but I have buried him. And we all do that to some degree every day. Pray in this last song, pray in these last moments, God, what stone have I been rolling over Jesus' grave? Because we all have certain things, right, that we kind of, Jesus is buried under those things. For me, it was my career dreams. For you, maybe it's a relationship. Maybe, who, who knows what it is where you've just rolled that stone, you're burying Jesus. Today, come to him and say, no, Jesus, I want, I know that you live. I know you can't stay buried, but I want to embrace that. I want to live life to the full now and remove that stone.
And you know what, you know what I'm talking about. I don't really know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but you do. You know, because God is, is impressing it upon your heart now. And then there's some here where you've, you've buried Jesus, and yeah, you're not sure if you really trusted him or not, but you know that he lives. You know that he has life for you. Don't let today go by without jumping in to the life that he's given. And I, we want to help you do that. Here at Second Baptist Church, like, when you come to Jesus, it's, it's hard. Like, well, what does that mean for life? It means so much. They've, in fact, they read a whole book about it. They wrote a whole book about what does it mean when Jesus lives for me? And so if that's you and you, want, and, and you want to grow, you want to take that step, um, yeah, see us. Because I want to help you. We want to help one another. That's a part of our mission, to help one another walk in the life that Christ has given us on Easter. So let's pray. Dear God, we come before you and Lord, would you work about this room? Lord Jesus, we know because you live that your presence is here, that you can, you wouldn't stay buried. And because of that, Lord, we can meet you afresh. We can know you in a powerful way. Lord, would you be revealing to each one of us here the stone that we've kind of put over your tomb so that we can roll that away and step into that whole life that you've given and Lord, if those are here or online who, Lord, they, they, they want that life. They know that you've risen from the grave. They, they're repenting of burying you, and they, they don't want to bury you anymore, Lord. They want to live. Lord, I pray that you be coming alive in their heart. You wouldn't be staying buried. You'd be coming, um, uh, busting through in new ways in their life. And I pray they would rejoice, Lord, and take you up on that new life. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.